You're tuned in, kicking it with for 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 future boys, 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 future boys, future boys, future boys. All right, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Future Boys podcast. Uh, once again, it's your co-host Daniel and uh, with... Simon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yepper, we're back now with this new episode. Uh, um, with the focus on uh, genetic um, modifications of of the human and animal genomes. <laughs> <laughs> and if that wasn't the best intro that you've ever heard for a podcast, <laughs> um, I'm pretty loose. <laughs> Great episode today. Talk about genetic engineering. It's in the news a lot recently. Um, later on, we'll have an interview with the uh, world's smartest man, Stephen Hawking, and see what his take about uh, oh, engineered life is. Yeah, yeah, we get the greatest guests, man, I swear. Um, but first, uh, let's just like warm up a little bit, get lo- get loosened up. Let's talk about uh, what's going on. What's, what's going on in the news? You know, what I heard recently is... Uh trending in u.s prisons these days something what's trending in the prisons you and i both have enjoyed a lot in college anal no no (laughs) (laughs) whoa whoa there daniel (laughs) i'm talking about ramen instant noodles ramen in prisons yeah you won't say they become a currency um really yeah as opposed to like cigarettes is what it used to be right yeah uh, i heard it's because of the budget cuts that they're having and it's reducing the quality of prison food so it's been uh, ramen yeah has become a, a, a commodity <laughs> basically yeah that's awful though that we're, this is how we're treating prisoners because doesn't each one of those packs take like a year off of your life or something I don't know. I, I've, I've ate so many of those, I, I should probably be dead by now. <laughs> dead by now, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. So you go to the guy, uh, you know, so you go to the guy, you know, who knows how to get things in prison. I'm the guy who can get it for you. Cigarettes, a bag of reefer, if that's your thing. And you just say... Like, Right, you hand him like five packs of ramen, and that's the yeah. <laughs> that's what he needs. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I did. I did see that a little bit about that. I was looking up recipes online too. Actually, that it's a thing now to make prison ramen. Really? What do they? Yeah, to, yeah. To make it prison. Well, one ramen. of the the best one that I saw was the the get the prison tamale, where if you got uh some ramen and you got some like Doritos or flaming hot Cheetos, uh-huh. man, you just like you throw that ramen in there with the bag, <laughs> crunch it up, you get a nice crust. <laughs> just imagining on like a Food Network show, and today we're making <laughs> prison ramen. <laughs> Hi, I'm Guy Fieri, <laughs> and today I'm at Lyaville Maximum Security Prison, where I'm about to take some kicking ass ghetto tamales. <laughs> Well, cool. It doesn't relate at all to our main topic of the today, of the day, though, which is uh, no, really. genetic engineering. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're a bit we're a bit late on the train of this. There's been like, as you mentioned, what it was on the t- cover of Time magazine. Yeah, in July. You know, it's not until recently that our ability to genetically engineer to edit the genes of certain organisms has really ramped up uh, significantly. And so it started mainly in the 50s and 60s with this technology called recombinant DNA. 
Uh, and this was the, the kind of the first step in genetic engineering. So there was one guy named Paul Berg uh -huh. who went to Stanford. And you know, genetic engineering had been down, this is in like 1970 something. Uh, genetic engineering had, or recombinant DNA technology had been around since like the 50s and 60s. Um, but what he wanted to do was he wanted to take a, a virus from monkeys called SV40 and then take a snippet out of that virus and turn it into, and put it into a different virus called a bacteriophage. So he would take this SV40 virus DNA, put it into this virus, then have that that virus attack bacteria, mainly the E. coli strain. Mm. However, he, di he didn't do that last step because his coworkers were concerned that you know, E. coli resides in the human intestinal tract. And we know that the virus, the SV40 monkey virus, uh, has been shown to give cancer to mice. So if this thing ever got out of the lab, if we, uh, accidental contamination, we could all be stuck with cancer, right? People were worried about this. It really hadn't been done before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, with uh, Paul Berg was a real smart guy. I think that's what made him realize that we need to have a meeting between scientists about this to decide what are the ethical guidelines to what we can do with recombinant DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they did. They had a conference in 1975 in Asilomar, which is in the Monterey Bay Peninsula. Oh, that's and it was like an, pretty close. Yeah, it was, it's cool. It's pretty close by you. Um, but anyway, what happened was like there was a meeting of all of these scientists uh, you know, and intellectuals from around the world. And pretty much in this like three-day conference, they established the guidelines for experimenting with uh, recombinant DNA. Like, okay, we have to take these measures, like we have to work in fume hoods, or we have to use bac these bacteria that aren't necessarily as infectious as others, right? Uh, and through those guidelines that they were able to establish, they were also able to communicate it to the public and to sort of assuage the, the public's fears about what genetic engineering was and uh, recombinant DNA mm. and sort of bring them up to speed on biomedical research. Mm -hmm. So largely this conference is hailed as like a big success uh, in terms of like uh, translating science, establishing well-grounded uh, rules for science and then translating it to the public. Mm -hmm. Right. So then, you know, the corollary to that is that 2015 in December, which is what? you know, nine months ago, there was another conference. It was called the International Summit on Human Gene Editing. Uh, and this is in Washington, D.C. Um, and it sort of like followed the same route in the, in the fact that the Asilomar conference was spawned by a new technology coming about, like recombinant DNA that people didn't really know what to do with. The human gene editing conference was spawned by the technology called CRISPR-Cas9, mm -hmm. which everybody is, is, is talking about now. And again, it's a new technology that it's so new that we really haven't thought about the potential applications of it and the ramifications to what we do or what kind of experiments we do perform using this, using this technique. Yeah, it just opened a lot of doors, possibilities. Right, definitely. And so... So this this conference, they they decided that you know, let's continue doing CRISPR-Cas9 research, which pretty much allows you to precisely edit uh, an organism's genome with limitations. Um, but they're going to stick, yeah. right? And you introduce mutations, you can block off genes, um, very yeah, various things, and you can do it much more cheaply and easily than before, mm -hmm. and more quickly. But they're going to yeah. limit the research to uh, they're going to limit the research to somatic or or cells that can't. Uh, pass on inheritable traits. So they're not. So they're saying they're not going to be clinical trials on egg and sperm cells yet. 
um, I think one thing was that like there should be no public funding, I guess, for those kind of experiments, right? But like, if there's any sort of like private funding, like that mm-hmm. isn't, I guess, like uh, against the law for there to be right. private funding of that sort of nature, which I think has yeah. You think that's because it's like an ethical issue that people? I guess so. Yeah, you don't want to spend people's public, you know, tax dollars on this kind of these kind of clinical mm-hmm. trials. Depends on what side of the debate you're on. Yeah. I think if the government supported innovation in biotechnology, we would uh, we would see we would be able to regulate it much better and see a lot more advances in that in this field. Yeah, that's what one like scientist said that that says like while we're trying to sidestep this issue, we're we're not like becoming more aware of like what we can do like with this technology and like right. how to make it safer with, by just avoiding like trying to, to, to do clinical trials on it. Yeah. Right. It's our, our fear of it is holding it back. But then you got to look at the, uh, the other side as to where, you know, the, the first country to perfect this technique is, is going to have an upper hand on their other countries. It's like the USA with nukes, right? Or we're kind of holding the, gu- the gun at the rest of the world. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, like, you know, there's there's trials going on in China right now. I mean, right. Yeah. China is a big, China and India are both big supporters of uh, biomedical engineering or genetic engineering, mm-hmm. um, much more than the United States. But it kind of makes some kind of a guess that they want faster results. They they i don't know they have more um resources to to devote to and facilities maybe to to devote to, to these kind of trials i i was i'm just saying that i think that like in asian cultures like we're not worried about like creating clones or like genetically engineered humans that as much as we are in the united states because we we don't we're, we don't care about like maintaining a person's uh, uniqueness Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah. not. That's another, another ethical issue, I guess. Yeah, maybe you know. It's like when you all look the same. Like you don't. You don't care. <laughs> Did you blink? <laughs> Did any of you blink? <laughs> no. I think China is doing some. Uh, a definite. At least in animals right now, they're doing some genetic modification. Did you see something about uh, like hulked out dogs? Right? Could you tell mm. a little bit about that? Yeah. For I guess they've done some. T- tests on dogs to i guess increase the amount of muscle mass they can produce uh <laughs> have you seen the photos of these dogs <laughs> i tried to find any i was just reading the article what do the dogs look like do they actually look like they could like eat you or something yeah dude they look like they want to fuck you up man <laughs> these are like these are like the dogs of the pound in oakland that i remember seeing like they're all trained for like bread for dog fighting right but these things are like straight out of the lab and dogs yeah if only michael vick was uh was still in it <laughs> You mean because it had dogs in it? I heard he's he's pretty much reformed, and I don't know, he doesn't stay, stay in any of those like shady business deals anymore. Well, yeah, no way, right? Does he want to go to prison again? I don't even know how long was he in prison for, like two years. I bet he could. I bet he could bring a lot of ramen to prison, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
They were looking at potentially addressing muscular dystrophy with the with these animal studies, right? Okay, I guess yeah. People who I know have like a a, a very a, I don't know a lack of muscles uh, naturally like right. from birth, and it like affects I don't know like how well they can circulate blood. I don't know like like walk like you know. It it affects yeah it affects your your life on every basis pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. I think that's that's one of the main uses of CRISPR um, in basic research is to create like new animal models um, that we you know we've been un unable to create before. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, not yeah. just with animals too, but probably like with I I heard like in wheat some kind of some like strain of wheat that is resistant to mildew, I guess. Oh really? I, I don't know because I guess I don't know a lot of wheat. I guess gets yeah p p polluted. That's cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you know, it, naturally it's going to be used for the GMO in, by the GMO industry. No shit, <laughs> Monsanto. <laughs> we haven't really talked about how. <laughs> if go ahead. If I could, yeah, like yeah, use some kind of yeah enhancement. You know, like I would at least like get rid of like my poor vision your reliance on like sunglasses or right. glasses yeah uh-huh because uh -huh. like i'm that is yeah i was gonna say like mm -hmm. it's it's annoying to have to i don't know bring your glasses around everywhere a spare if right. like, your glasses break and i think contacts are too annoying to you know put on and they fog up too yeah yeah fucking bad hike <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's interesting you mentioned that because I think uh, treating at least one form of like a, a degenerative eye disease is one of the first uh, clinical trials of CRISPR that's going to be underway. Um, I don't know if it's in the U.S. I think it's in the U.K. actually. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> you got to move out there, dude. <laughs> Good luck getting immigration papers. Uh, but we haven't really talked about, you know, what CRISPR is <laughs> okay. to begin with. We, what do you I think kind of assume that, like, CRISPR the, the reader for? are, like, they already know by now, right? Like, yeah. Um, do we need, should we give a brief overview? Do you want to, what, what do you know about CRISPR okay. as to how, how it works? <laughs> like, okay, so what it stands okay. for, clustered, regularly, interspaced, short, palindromic repeats. Okay. Good. Um, nice. Good thing you. Good thing you had that in front of you. I made it super <laughs> bold. <laughs> so what does that stand? That does. That doesn't mean anything to anybody, though. All right. Well, the yeah. history behind uh, CRISPR is uh, back in 2007, there were a group of scientists trying to stu study yogurt bacteria to see mm -hmm. why. It got constantly infected by viruses um, and then so when they sequenced the genome of the yogurt bacteria they kept like seeing these uh, repeated fragments of DNA and they were trying to ignore them at first but then like they just happened so frequently like maybe this isn't by accident um, maybe there's a reason for it being there and so they they hypothesized that um, these repeated sections of DNA were the snippets of the virus's genes that had uh, infected the bacteria and they were being kept as a record of the infection so that the next time the virus infected the bacteria they would be able to um, 
because you know when viruses infect bacteria they inject like yeah their dna into their genome and stuff like that so like the next time that would happen they would mm-hmm. find that section of new virus dna that would be matched to its like library uh and then they would like remove it so it would right. it would prevent the bacteria from being infected by the same virus again yeah, totally. I think I think you, I think you got it. Yeah, it relies on the bacteria expressing an enzyme. I think that can they can cut the virus's DNA though. That's important because mm-hmm. that's how that's what allowed it to you to be utilized as a tool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was uh, two groups that like kind of like shared their research together uh, in 2012. Uh, one of the groups was led by a professor from uc berkeley uh Jeff- jennifer doudna, doudna. Yeah. yeah i was wondering how you pronounce that <laughs> yeah, doudna. yeah. Doudna. <laughs> dude uh, apparently she was called the dude before oh, yeah. Saw, dude. yeah. <laughs> okay and then another uh from uh mit i th- no not mit i didn't even write that yeah for mit mit okay yeah yeah uh emmanuel charpentier Oh, okay, we're talking about them. Yeah, okay, sorry. I thought you were talking about the MIT guy. Oh, no, yeah, that was another MIT guy, yeah. but this guy's not from yeah. MIT. That guy's later, yeah. I didn't even write down where this guy came from. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever, it's okay. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they discovered this uh, enzyme called Cas9, basically, and that this enzyme is the one that does the cleaving of the, the DNA that, like, gets matched um, and allows, yeah... A pretty accurate like detection of uh, what it's looking for, right? Um, and I, so yeah, so I think the idea is that like they, they realize that like the way that the bacteria system work is that it'll attach like the the record DNA onto an enzyme, and then when that enzyme matches with the virus DNA, it like connects and snips it, right? Mm-hmm. So they found out that like the the DNA that you attach to the enzyme is reprogrammable. Mm-hmm. So you can attach any segment to it. And so then when you attach any segment to it, it it's still going to look around for a, a match, right? But if you deliver it into like the nucleus of a cell, um, it'll look around for a match within the organism's chromosome, within the chromosomal DNA. Uh, and when it does that, it'll snip it. And then you have... Uh, a permanent change there in, in the genetic code of that organism. Yeah, like, it's really good at, like, I think snipping out portions of the DNA, but it is not as good as inserting like, substitutions. New sequences, yeah, right. Without yeah. error, basically. Provide it with a template, with or you provide the DNA with a template to repair itself, um, and you, you just let the biology take, do the work for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, you, you hope that you get the, the desired insertion that you want to see. Um, so then uh, what was interesting is, like, there's a patent war about this technology, right? Because now the guy from MIT, um, who's, like, a superstar named uh, Feng Zhang. Feng Zhang. Um, <laughs> Feng Zhang. <laughs> oh, we're Asian, so it's okay. We can, we can say these things. Yep. Uh, so he comes into play because, you know, what Jennifer Doudna demonstrated was like they were able to uh edit the genes of uh in a test tube right edit dna in a test tube uh feng john was able to do it in eukaryotes or like actual animal cells right um Mm -hmm. so now it's like you know who which is the the bigger 
achievement, right? You know, the MIT people argue like, oh, it's it's a big step from going from a test tube to cells. So we deserve the patent for, um, you know, CRISPR on, you know, animal cells, which is really all that matters. Mm-hmm. While Jennifer Downa and Berkeley say that like, no, like any idiot with like a microbiology lab could have done this. Um, we deserve the patent. And it was implied that that was the next logical step. I think, yeah, like another issue is, is like, both of them were filed before uh, it switched over from first to patent to or first to invent to first to file the patent kind of like mm-hmm. that that used to, that that now determines I guess who gets the patent if you're like the mm-hmm. first to file it you get it but yeah. when they had originally filed their patents it was first to invent and that's a little more ambiguous term. Right. Um, like, what did that mean? Yeah, yeah like Feng Zhao, Feng Zhang, whatever. MIT guy, MIT guy. <laughs> he like filed his patent after like Jennifer Downa, but he had used right. some kind of like expedited application to get his reviewed earlier. Oh really? Something uh, the MIT people have access to. I don't know. I don't know why she. AKA he paid more money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um. <laughs> This wasn't the first patent for like genetic uh, modification that that he had. He had like thirteen other patents already, and then Gen- yeah. Jennifer didn't have any, so he was like already like more credible, I suppose. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's a superstar in the field. Mm-hmm. So and like, well, however this this kind of IP patent lawsuit yeah. t- turns out, like it's still going on. Yeah. yeah um, it will determine gonna, um, mm-hmm. which school p- could probably get a lot more um, yeah, funding. <laughs> a lot more equipment, yeah. a lot more enrollment. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be big. It's, there's a lot of money to be had in this. It's the, the first company to, to perfect it. And there are a couple of companies out um, that are start, starting up with this technology. I think Editas is one, and I think they're an MIT Both. Uh, I think he, he, he founded that. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah that's his company. And yeah, and makes sense. Down also yeah. founded her own. There's implications. <laughs> What's her company called? You know. Yeah, there's implications of this that like yeah, be felt by their right. companies too. God. So what it let's let's talk about like you know so you can edit the genome of any organism, right? Uh, you can do it much more reliably than before. You can do it quickly. You can do it much more cheaply than before, right? So pretty much it's like this technology has been opened up to like the masses now. Anybody can do it. Yeah, those kits. What, what are some of like the surefire like applications for it? Well, I mean, like in cancer, like it's mm-hmm. it's uh being tested to I guess genetically modify I think what T cells I believe. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. to like make help them uh, be better at targeting cancer cells and eradicating that I guess. Um, in the host body and i think there have been some success uh successes with crispr um mm-hmm. but also an alternative to crispr that i don't know as much about called talons oh yeah that's that's old technology mm-hmm. yeah that's been around for a while i think yeah there, there was one story i think you meant you wrote it down about some a girl who got cured uh with leukemia mm-hmm by uh, by re-engineering by scientists re-engineering her own immune cells to fight her own cancer yeah and, and it was only yeah. because like the traditional methods were not respond like right. responsive yeah right yeah 
But talons would never be used as for a large, broad-scale clinical trial because it, it's just too expensive to, to, to engineer somebody's own cells using that way. I see. Where CRISPR, CRISPR does allow that. And so I, that, that, that's the first clinical trial that's going to be happening with CRISPR is, is for cancer therapy to re-engineer cells to allow them to both recognize cancer better and then to give them a more uh, cell-killing ability too. So there's, there's multiple enhancements that they're making, and uh, it's interesting you're saying that it, like you, the, you know this isn't going to come from public funding yet, and the 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 person who's funding this clinical trial is uh, Sean Parker, who was a uh, Facebook's first president, uh, and also co-founder uh, of Napster or something. That's correct. Yeah. 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 So you know this is what goes to show that all it takes is just a billionaire to make this uh, his or her cause. I, I liked his uh, his quote about how he thought this um, CRISPR kind of this this reprogramming of uh, Cas9 and stuff like that is kind mm -hmm. of like reprogramming like tiny computers to do what you want basically I don't know yeah that's just something like especially in like synthetic biology you know they always like to compare the cell to a computer right because mm -hmm. we have like Regulations of genes, you can think of it's analogous to like circuits and uh, logic programming. Yeah, um, a, a, another article that made me like think about this kind of comparison of uh, them to computers was using uh, CRISPR to kind of as a, a store of events that have occurred. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there were some scientists uh, from Harvard University and the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. Um, and uh, yeah, my place, University of Washington. Oh yeah. All right. Shout out. Yeah, shout actually, out to actually Daniels. had a t somebody give a talk about this. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so what they've like been able to do is uh, um, any time like some physiological occurrence or presence of let's say uh, a, a molecule that you want to I guess like see see its presence uh, and you want to record that event uh mm -hmm. like i guess the example they said was tnf alpha um, yeah it's tumor necrosis factor and produced by immune cells during inflammation so whenever tnf alpha is present cas9 cuts the dna encoding right to generate a mutation the, yeah. the longer so yeah your exposure to tnf alpha the more mutations accumulate right. and then you'll be able to track it that way so the you know the, the cell doesn't express Cas9 as an enzyme regularly. Only when the TNF alpha is present will Cas9 be expressed in the cell, and so then that's what it will allow it to um, to collect these mutations. Mm -hmm. It's cool actually. They 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 come up with a, a cool little system actually. So like we were talking about like the the guide R uh, molecule DNA molecule RNA molecule mm -hmm. for the Cas9 enzyme. They actually created with a created a self-targeting guide. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it, you know, it, it looks for its own complementary sequence in the in the genome and makes it a mutation there. And uh, that was to improve mm -hmm. like its ability to edit itself, like. Um, it's just collect. It's, you know, it's it, it. The reason behind that was that you know you could get like uh, over multiple generations, you would see like further deviations from the um, the starting sequence, mm -hmm. right? 
so that you would you have like the same place that you need to look for every time um and then yeah, just seeing how different that was from the beginning you could like you know run a pro run a simulation back to see oh, how many uh of your mutation events occurred okay yeah it's cool the so the application for it that i saw here at the university of washington was for something that they call it gestalt imaging and i forget what the acronym stands for but it's basically the same idea um it's not with like a self-targeting rna but it's i think it's just with like they have like a bunch of series of them uh like 10 different spots right um to where the Cas9 enzyme can, can target itself mm -hmm. in a in a replicating cell, mm -hmm. and so it's the same idea where you have like progressive mutations pile up uh, over generations, so it serves as a marker of cell history. Yeah. Um, and they want to use that to sort of uh, track like the development from the, the embryo to uh, a fetus stage, right? And to see how uh, different cells. Uh, you know, differentiate into the different cell types mm. um, that you see during the developmental process, right? And so eventually you can get, like, a full view of, like, where each cell came from. It's crazy, I guess. Uh, yeah, we, we still don't know why or how, I guess. Yeah, babies... well, we know it's very complicated. Mm. Yeah, it's very, it's a, yeah, it's based off of a very complex interplay of, like, uh, concentration gradient, morphogen gradients compare and in combination with uh, cell cell based logic. I, I wonder, yeah, if it's like getting a peak, like through through uh, using CRISPR on like during this de de developmental process, a peak, mm -hmm. I guess at you know how how from a a single like sperm and egg, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> We, we come to develop at least in the early I don't know if, I don't in in the UK at least where this mm -hmm. one scientist um were, was performing this study she's only allowed to keep it up till fourteen days and then right oh yeah so she actually is doing editing on uh, egg and sperm cells yeah yeah and she mm -hmm. she can't keep it past that because of like right. the the ethical laws surrounding it yeah right exactly yeah yeah the people that i was talking about doing imaging they're doing it on not on humans they're doing it on like fruit fly or zebra zebra fish i think actually zebra fish <laughs> yeah they're a very commonly used uh model organism in labs huh i guess they're very mm. <laughs> discardable <laughs> like <they're>... yeah <laughs> easy to grow easy to feed definitely <laughs> awesome yeah so it's it's crazy it's really helping you know if you look at like the number of publications that mention CRISPR, it's like shot up exponentially, and you know there's kind of like almost like an unspoken you know, uh, expectation that if you're you're in a microbiology lab or something and you're not doing CRISPR, then like you're on the wrong track, bro. <laughs> I feel like if CRISPR could could be like its own like dance meme or something like that. <laughs> Do the CRISPR. I don't know. CRISPR. CRISPR. CRISPR to the left. Yeah, like I don't know. Snip, snip, snip. <laughs> I, oh, I like that. I like that. I think I think we might have to come up with one of our own. I can't wait till CRISPR gets memed though. Like Harambe has been. I feel like I've he been hearing that way more like recently for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why, like, right? Do you see the Cincinnati Zoo? Like, they put out a, a, something on Twitter. No. Where they're like, please stop making memes of our dead gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I looked at those memes for like an hour though. They're fire, man. <laughs> yeah, it died down for a bit, and then like all of a sudden, yeah, for some all of a sudden came back. My favorite one was like at the end of you know at the end of like Star Wars, um, not the new one, like Episode Six, where like Luke sees like Obi Wan, the ghost of Obi Wan, and the ghost of Yoda come out. The ghost of Harambe pops up too. <laughs> <laughs> It's like perfect editing too. He's all blue out and shit. Yeah. Maybe if we if we kept uh, Harambe's DNA, actually, we could we could bring him back to life. I guess so, but it wouldn't be Harambe anymore, would it? Well, I mean, it would be. Yeah, you know, I guess that depends. Like your definition of a clone, right? If it's genetically similar, is it the same person? Mm, it just would have a different like consciousness, though. You know. Whoa! Now now we're getting beat, man. I mean, there's, what, there's what no way to, is like... Consciousness, is consciousness not, like, based in, like, your physical substrate? I don't know. Like, you know, h- how do we even store our memories, like, you know, our long-term memories, right? Like, that's kind of what makes us us. You know what I mean? Like, if, right, I, if, experiences. I, if I totally just, like, somehow deleted all of, like, the memories I've had of, like, where I went to college, who I, you know, what, what major I, I studied and all that stuff, like, would I be myself anymore, or would I just be, like, kind of a blank slate? Yeah, you no doubt you'd be different, right? I don't think anybody would argue that. I guess... Crazy, then. How does... Yeah, yeah so where is where is that get stored, right? We still don't know about that. Well, I mean, like, there's some certain areas in our brain that are devo- dedicated right. to, to, like, long-term memory storage, but... Yeah. Can you edit i guess that in into a new clone is what i'm saying like can you bring yeah, those memories yeah. that were stored there but i feel like well i guess mm, it would take like having a, a completely accurate model to begin with right yeah of somebody's neural wiring which we're like far from that from achieving and i feel like once you die you know all of like your brain tissues and all that they already start deteriorating you know what i mean yeah yeah. So, like, in that sense, is it possible to revive, like, the same Harambe with his same memories? No. That he hasn't? No, right? Probably not, yeah. So what if, but what if, like, we had a record of everything that Harambe experienced in his life, and we, we made a clone with Harambe's genetic information, and we put that clone, we went, we ran a simulation where we had everything be exactly the same. Like, we fed him, like, he had a banana at this exact moment when he was two years old. And we did that also with the clone, right? Yeah. So basically, if we replicated his life, would we have a Harambe then? I mean, it would believe that it, it is Harambe. Like, it would believe, you know, that these are its right. memories. It wouldn't know the difference. But, if, yeah, if you compared it to the actual Harambe, would you find – would they would they act the same – if in the would they act the exact same way, right? If I if I threw if I shut like you know threw a kid into the playground, right? Would the new Harambe do the exact same thing? I don't know. You know, I, none of us really know. I guess what Harambe was thinking at that time, right? That's true. We'll never know. But so yeah, yeah. It's still. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, is it possible to like? create a full clone if you like you know in this like mystical scenario where we're able to 
You mean what? Resimulate his life. And he does, like, everything exactly that Harambe had done in the past, up until yeah. the point he died. I'm saying the environment, you know, he can act differently if he so chooses, but I'm saying the environment that Harambe had, it would be exactly the same. Mm. I, I mean, wouldn't we always think that it's not really Harambe, but just a clone because of this? Yeah, but like you know, stand aside from that. What the like the human's perspective of it would? No, yeah, I guess you're right. It would always be viewed as a clone, mm -hmm. not the original Harambe. But you know, how close could we get to the original? Yeah, right. Pretty, pretty damn close. Yeah, right. We've, we've cloned animals before, but I don't know if they've actually done, like, behavioral studies on, on the clones. Yeah, it's like they, they only care about the surface features, right? Like, oh, it looks the same? Yeah. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> right? Oh, this, this, yeah, this cow makes me a lot of milk. So, I mean, I think that brings us to, like, you know, the the applications for crypts in, in the far future, right? Which is what, like, you know, what probably prompted all of, like, the major news outlets to pick it up, right? Which is, like, uh... Designer babies. Designer. Designer babies. I got bribes in Atlanta. <laughs> babies who are good at graphic design, right? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking baby babies like the rapper designer. Pun, 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 pun. <laughs> like the rapper designer. <laughs> <laughs> just going around, like, just dabbing and saying panda all the time. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what we want all the babies to do. Dude, it would be a golden age in rats. like they have a lot they have like multi-regulatory functions in in the cell right so you don't know like what effect changing one gene would have um on somebody's phenotype like further down the road like you could have yeah. you could have a lot of unintended consequences the, the most... and they might not even manifest themselves in like the first generation yeah. it might take like several generations for it to come about that, that, that's why they, they made the consensus at that international meeting don't fuck right. with the germline <laughs> 
just don't fuck yeah, with it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because it's yeah, it's irreversible. And we don't we don't know enough yet. We 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 are not like yeah knowledgeable enough mm-hmm. yet to 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 try and I don't know mm-hmm. experiment with it. Not yet, but you know we're the future boys, right? Mm-hmm. And in the future, boys will probably be genetically engineered. <laughs> what do you think the future like boy? would have (laughs) (laughs) i think the future will it's gonna start out with stuff like okay he's gonna have resistance to alzheimer's disease he's gonna have resistance to hemophilia or or like sickle cell stuff like that right Mm -hmm. just like you know treating diseases but then eventually it's gonna be like okay he's gonna be blonde and blue eyes and i'm sounding like a nazi right now but Uh uh he's gonna be tall and he's gonna be super intelligent Uh um and you know eventually we're gonna reach to the point where you know, I can't even think about, like, the emerging traits that would be useful, right? Like, maybe in the future, it'll be useful to have, like, a hundred different fingers on you so that you can type, like, super fast, super quickly, right? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see that, you don't see that being possible. Uh, a very, I don't know, I don't, is there any, like, creature out there with a hundred fingers right now? I, I feel like... A centipede. Centipede. <laughs> those aren't, like, real fingers. They just use that to, like, well, travel. Well, I mean, nobody, no creature has fingers like humans. That's why we're able to, that's why we outpace everybody. All right, okay, maybe, like, the, an argument could be made maybe in the future. Six fingers is going to be better than five. I don't know. I, I could... Right. I just, I just put it out as an example, right? right. Like, there's going to be traits that pop up that we don't even, like, we can't even fathom right now. Now would be desirable would be desirable in the future right so like like a trait that allowed a human to like survive in like a super low oxygen environment or right like make made them prone made them like more survivable for like long-term space travel to like go to mars and shit mm-hmm. right that could be something that that humans get engineered for and then when we want to go to other planets, right, we're probably going to want to, like, adapt ourselves to those planets, right? Because we haven't had, like, four billion years of evolution to adapt to Earth's ecosystem. You know what? I could potentially see if it would be possible. I feel like the future humans that, like, survive or are sent on missions to go, like, to deep space and stuff like that, their genes wow. would have been, like, modified to, like to like mimic you know that the that water bug thing you know that that the water the water strider the water bug you know the that oh the water bear is that is that it you know you know that 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 uh that little organism i'm not sure like if it's an insect or something like that i don't think it's an insect. oh yeah. the water bear yeah, yeah. I'm sure okay could just survive without they water can survive and like yeah it goes into a yeah, state of like i don't know uh hibernation i feel like yeah if yeah i mean you know it'll certainly be a, it'll certainly be a challenge to like because you know humans aren't water bears um, no, no, to, to you know, to engineer those those traits in humans, but yeah, I, I mean, eventually we'll probably get there. We'll probably have something akin to that. Yeah, because I because I doubt like if you pop a a human just in the freezer, it's <laughs> like yeah. shoot him off right now. It won't be coming yeah, back yeah. alive. Yeah, you end up with like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so what about like when like we have that transition area where we have like a certain population of people who have had genetic engineering done on them and some people who haven't right 
what's going to be like for the people who haven't had the genetic engineering? Race wars. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be animosity between them, right? But how are the people who haven't had, haven't been edited, how are they going to be able to compete if they're, like, lacking in intelligence and, like, physical capabilities, you know? How are they going to get jobs? It's gonna be, it's gonna be like you know the new norm. Like you have to be edited if you're gonna try to like, like it's gonna be on your resume. It's like it's like right? I've got this, this, <laughs> and this. I don't have this, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, right. It's gonna be a history of like you know what edit, what modifications you've had. It's like oh she's she's got the triple D breast modification. We should totally hire her. <laughs> you know what? I feel like. I feel like that's one of the things that would become a law that you can't discriminate against, you know? Wow, right? I like that idea. Yeah, yeah, it's just like like you can't discriminate against, you know, race, religion. You can't discriminate between people you're going to hire who have been genetically modified or not. Based on genetically modified. But how are you going to be able to distinguish that, right? Because somebody who's genetically modified is going to have, like, a higher GPA, going to have higher test scores, going to achieve more, because, like, they'll be able to function without, like, only two hours of sleep or something, right? So they'll be super productive. Don't need Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? We're all just going to have to be addicted. The rest of us are just going to have to be on Adderall binges 24-7. Uh, well... So, like, how are you, yeah, you know, how are you going to be able to, like, separate that? There's going to be, like, a genetically modified, like, athlete Olympics, like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, Olympics are going to be crazy, like, 50 years down the road. There's going to be, like, road, five, right? ten different Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one for robots. <laughs> one for cyborgs. <laughs> one, one for, for cyborg children. <laughs> and then the regular human one and nobody watches that one anymore <laughs> no right that's just boring dude but that's funny you know that like wait, maybe we'll like you know back to your other points like we might have to have like an affirmative action for, for non-modified people <laughs> yeah right I guess it's gonna start you know like the first the first people who are gonna get edits are gonna be rich people right because mm. so, they'll be able to afford it yeah most definitely so it's Right, it's just gonna separate the divide between you know education or like you know capabilities, I guess, of of the rich and the poor. Right, so like the poor black kid from the ghetto. I could see like, yeah. I could see like genetic modification also being used on like, like I don't know, people who are poor, who, who don't have like many opportunities. Mm -hmm. they they would be genetically modified to like i don't know be more submissive or i don't know Whoa. you know what i mean like that's some real that's some real dystopia shit you're talking or like be more inclined to join the army and you know serve <laughs> like i don't know what i mean right i don't know yeah i mean maybe it would be more efficient to just make super clone soldiers right like super soldiers instead then just like, submit homeless people to, would, to join the army. Who would be the template for that super soldier? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, yeah. John Claude Van Damme. Uh, the Terry Crews. Uh, Chuck Norris. 
I'm Chuck Norris, and I approve this game. Alright, I don't know, we, we kinda, we're on topic, but at the same time, we're just not talking about anything we, like, researched anymore. <laughs> That's fine, man, because I think these are still, like, the implications of genetic engineering. Like, how are we, you can't research this stuff. This is just, like, mm -hmm. what is, you know, what is, what is gonna happen to the, the human race when this thing becomes, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like, ever-present. Normal, I guess. Yeah, oh. just normal. Ubiquitous. Omnipotent. Ubiquitous is the one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. SAT word. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> All you kids out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> we got. We got to have like a vocab word of the day from now on. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. This time it's ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. <laughs> ubiquitous. You got a definition for that? Um, I I would just yeah, so like how we used it, ever present, just like yeah, common, distributed. All right, kids, you listen, you hear that? <laughs> when you taking your SAT, <laughs> and you hear ubiquitous. Like, all right, I'll use it in a sentence. Yeah, use it in a sentence. Because of budget cuts, ramen has now become the common ubiquitous currency in U.S. prisons. <laughs> 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 that's good that's good man i love i love the full circle dude. oh yeah crazy right um yeah ge genetic engineering man it's it's crazy you know, like in that kurtz and gats video they were talking about how like you know it was crazy to think about you know if you were 20 years ago how like you, you would have a phone in your pocket that has more computing power than the supercomputers today and it's like back in the 80s right or like the computers that they used to like get get that the first man on um, the moon right yeah exactly yeah your, your iphone has more computing power than all of nasa did back in 1969 but you know it ended up happening right and so that's the analogy that they use so like it's crazy to think that we're gonna have like you know the designer babies and you know, genetically engineered, you know, customized animals and pets, potentially, but it's, it's, it's gonna happen, man, it's inevitable. Yeah, unless some, some, some catastrophic event, like, I don't know, global warming gets us <laughs> first. <laughs> that, or unless this shit goes wrong, right, like, somebody, you know, now that it's dangerous, like, somebody, since everybody can use it, like, what's to stop, like, ISIS or something from, like, picking up a couple of test tubes and creating, like, a super deadly, like, biochemical agent, you know? Terrorists yeah. win. I feel like they wouldn't... Mm, you mean, like, what if ISIS did what the that scientist, the very first guy who t t uh, played around with recombinant RNA, didn't do? I mean, like, the guy eventually did that experiment, right? But, like, ISIS could take it way further. Like, they could, you know, if they had somebody with some microbiology background, they could engineer, like, a super deadly infectious virus that, that you know, could span across the, go the globe and wreak havoc. Who's to say, like, you know, our own governments aren't doing that with their own secret laboratories? I'm I'm sure there is, right? Because if you're not doing it, then you're you're behind the game. They're probably like you know spying on each other. Yo, what what's China doing right now? <laughs> All right, we gotta get on that. But yeah, the, the bioterrorism is, is is scary, dude. Like Andromeda strain shit. Is that a movie? I I I don't know. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. It's it, you know it's you get the idea. It's like a, a virus takes over the world. Okay.
Yeah. That's how it ends. Everyone just dies. <laughs> they they eventually find the cure for it. Okay. Was it in, in some but, boy or something? This boy had the cure. <laughs> <laughs> I forget where I forget where it was. It was in like this guava plant or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman's in it. He's chill. <laughs> you see any? Yeah. You see any good movies recently? Um. God, yeah. I don't. I saw. Okay, I saw the movie The Lobster. Have you heard that? No. It's like this movie where um, it's like it's sort of like futuristic. Uh, but also also sort of dystopian. Pretty much, like, it's Britain, and in the future, like, you have to find a mate. And if you don't find a mate, then you get sent to this hotel where you have, like, 40 days to find a mate. And if you don't find one by then, then you get turned into an animal. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the, the movie's called The Lobster because, like, the dude is asked, like, Colin Farrell's the main guy, and he's like, uh what animal would you want to get turned into? And he's like, a lobster. Because, like, they live for, like, hundreds of years, and they stay fertile their whole lives. <laughs> That's his reasoning? That's his reasoning, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was, I would say the first half was better than the second half, but it was, it was good, like, you know, it was kind of like a Wes Anderson-type movie, like, with social commentary talking about, like, what love is in our society and the ideals for finding love. When you say like Wes Anderson, I just imagine a movie like with his style. <laughs> yeah, it's like super quirky and shit, right? I don't really like those too often, but you know. I see. Yeah. What about you? You seen Suicide Squad yet? No, I heard it was bad, so I don't think I'm gonna go yeah. watch it. Yeah. I was talking to like uh was it customer service, like trying to set up my internet in my new place. Mm-hmm. I was like, so, yeah, dude, I'm like so fed up with these guys. So I'm just like on the chat with him while he's like making me wait on hold. I'm just like, so, you seen Suicide Squad yet? <laughs> he's like, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> then I'm like, fuck, I'm in this conversation with this guy about Suicide Squad. I'm just trying to get internet set up now. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Did you get Comcast? Fucking CenturyLink, dude. It's not any better. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm all like hooked up. Uh, in my apartment, um, through Apple TV, like, uh-huh. so I don't have to, like, bust out my computer and, like, hook up an HDMI cable to the TV right. to, like, go stream Netflix or whatever. That's cool. Uh, and, um, Tifa, uh, she, she had, like, this deal when she signed up with Comcast for a year with a, a free HBO subscription. Apple TV Comcast. Oh, nice. So I get HBO. Yeah. Nice. What, what have you seen on HBO then? Oh, I've been watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's right. Where are, where are you now? I'm at season five right now. Nice. Yeah. It's a good season. I was hella surprised. I don't know, spoilers for, I guess anyone who hasn't seen Game of Thrones yet. I was hella surprised <laughs> by uh the the Prince Oberyn, the way he died. Oh yeah, the mountain versus the snake, the viper. Yeah, that was yeah. very surprising to me. Gouged his eyes out. How have you avoided hear- hearing these spoilers till now though? I don't know. I just I feel like I would just run, like, be just overhearing other people's conversations. I feel like these things have happened a while ago, though, right? Like, it's right. not, like, super new, so people aren't talking about it anymore. Mm. 
That's true. And then, yeah, if you didn't know what the characters were, like when these conversations were happening, it, it wouldn't stick in your mind. No, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, right. That was insane. Like you were really rooting for him, right? <laughs> I don't know. I I was just. It seemed like he was he was he already won, and like you know he was gonna get his kind of revenge or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get cocky, right? I guess that's the moral of the story. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. Finish the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got you got, you got you got good times ahead of you. Season five and season six. And- I'm probably gonna watch an episode afterwards after this. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Um, I guess it's now is a good time to head into our uh, interview section, right? Mm. Um, okay, yeah, yeah with this, Stephen. Uh, yeah, this week, uh, world smartest man Stephen Hawking. Um, you know, a little bit hard for for the inter- him to do an interview, like you know, given that he has to type out all of his answers. But um, I think we I think we did pretty good. So uh, yeah, here's our interview with uh, renowned physicist. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Dr. Hawking, glad to have you on the show. You know, when I was telling people that you would be our guest this week, they were saying, well, it's about time. And I said, no, it's about genetic engineering. Ah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I was working on... Shut the fuck up. You are a piece of shit. Uncalled for, but thanks for taking time out of your busy day to come join us. When I'm not rewriting the laws of physics, there's nothing I like better than... the internet. And... Killing insects with a magnifying glass. Well, we are an internet-based podcast. Let's take drugs and go down on each other. Yes, but first I wanted to ask you some questions about how you think genetic engineering technology is going to alter the fate of humanity. Nerd. So, do you see genetic engineering technology as something that governments can easily regulate? Laws will be passed against genetic engineering with humans. But some people won't be able to resist the temptation. To improve human characteristics, such as size of memory, resistance to disease, and length of life. So you see a future Earth populated with enhanced humans. What do you think are the long-term implications of that? Once such superhumans appear, there are going to be major political problems with the unimproved humans who won't be able to compete. Presumably, they will die out or become unimportant. Instead, there will be a race of self-designing beings who are improving themselves at an ever-increasing rate. Wow, so you expect that they'll just take over the Earth? If this race manages to redesign itself to reduce or eliminate the risk of self-destruction, it will probably spread out and colonize other planets and stars. But how do you think we would compensate for the lengthy travel times required by space travel? It might be possible to use genetic engineering to make DNA-based life survive indefinitely or at least for a hundred thousand years. Well, what do you think the limits are for increasing our lifespan? Life could, in principle, continue forever. Amazing. Thanks for the wonderful answers, Dr. Hawking. Um, I was going to order some food if you want to stick around. Do you have a preference? Pizza, 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 pizza. Sorry, that button sticks. Hey, can I get your best M&M impression? Hello, my name is, my name is, my name is, Slim Shady. Oh, well, too bad you can't stand up. Dick what? I deserve that. Thanks for coming by, Stephen Hawking. I hope you have a safe roll home. Man, he's such a swell guy. <laughs> yeah. Way better uh, than Bill Gates. Yeah, fuck, fuck. Yeah, I love him more, way more than Bill Gates. 
Um, all right. Uh, you want to wrap up, I guess? Uh, yeah, I think we let's closing remarks on, on what this all means to us. Okay. What, how, let's, 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 couple questions. How can we prepare for a future where genetic engineering is, is ubiquitous? You gotta stack up that money. (laughs) (laughs) To our listeners, all that matters is you get the money. (laughs) Then you're Gucci. (laughs) Yeah, then you're literally Gucci, man. Yeah, you know, I would advise stay up to date on on these companies that are that are hard, they're doing uh, research and going public in uh, in in using CRISPR. Yeah, it might affect where you want to send your kids to college. Uh, so if you were going to edit your kids, what kind of traits would you want to engineer into them? Oh, that's a good, good, hard, thought-provoking question. Yeah, it says it says a lot about you, know, you, you as a person. Right? It's like it's like it's almost as if asking me, so what kind of qualities do you wish you have, Simon? That you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you want to make up for? <laughs> what are your greatest insecurities, both physically and mentally? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess like. Ability to, you know, just, I, I don't know how it, it be, if it's genetic or not. I don't think it can be broken down to genetics, but not talking about if I could, like, inject some kind of gene or expression into my kid or whatever, but it would be good to instill some kind of, uh, in some kind of, like, desire to, continually learn i guess okay about the world around them i don't know yeah it's a good one uh yeah learning desire yeah because like curiosity yeah pretty much some kids just you know they only care about a few things that excite them like i don't know violent video games or whatever and then i don't know they they don't really try to contribute to society I don't well, know. I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you know, it's hard it's hard to get an idea of what society is and that there's actually like it takes a lot for, for it to run. <laughs> I mean like yeah, a lot of kids I guess they don't really understand the, the how society works because they've just been like spoon fed. Right. Yeah. What if yeah, what if you could make your kids with like a fully developed brain already? That'd be freaky. <laughs> That'd be a little freaky. <laughs> just pop out. <laughs> Like fucking Jimmy Neutron ass. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron, do you say? Yeah, right. Oh god. Fucking egghead. Oh my god. You know what I would get with my kids? Uh huh. Other than I mean, Monster Dong for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Other than that. Yeah. I, I yeah I don't. Black? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure that won't? Wait, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to set them up for a good future. I'm yeah. Are you sure that won't? Like... <laughs> sorry, Dewan. I'm sorry, Dewan. <laughs> for one follower. Um, I don't know, man. I would totally just want to do, like, some X-Men shit. You know what I mean? Like, laser eyes. Uh, 
Oh, I didn't know that was possible. I I thought you were like well, okay, being realistic. Yeah. I guess. Uh, nah. <laughs> we're, we're talking like no hold barred right now. Okay, so it's kind of, now this question has just been like, <laughs> what superpowers do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk to animals. I want I want my kids to talk to animals. <laughs> Um, yeah, if I was actually going for, like, a serious... I think yours was a good one. Like, a, cur a constant curiosity, drive to learn. Um, and then the, the no-sleep thing, I think, would be, like, super helpful for them. No-sleep zone? <laughs> yeah. No-sleep. Um, right, because then, you know, it would be It would probably suck when they were a baby, but then eventually... What if it, what if it was, like, some kind of, uh... Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? I totally have some selfish things that I would want to put in my kid yeah, that would make my life better. Like, as a baby, <laughs> they just never fucking cry. <laughs> oh, man, they cut out their vocal cords. <laughs> no, no. Vocal cords, don't, vocal cords don't develop until they're, like, 10 years old or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's yeah, totally it's selfish. Super deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the babies uh, and the baby wouldn't be able to like be like die easily from choking or something like you know like I don't know. Why is that? Because uh... <laughs> a lot of babies die from choking like on things, right? <laughs> do they? Right, they do. I feel like I don't know. A lot of things are choking hazards. Oh, I was thinking a lot. A lot of babies die from malaria and shit, but. <laughs> Okay. So what? So what would you do? How would you fix a baby dying from choking? I guess like they're. I don't know if you have a bigger throat. <laughs> right. I don't know, right? So if you had a girl, then dude, she would. <laughs> <laughs> she would be very popular later in life. <laughs> no, I'm not saying like. I'm not saying like they have a huge throat or something, but like maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have a bigger throat when they're a baby or something. I don't know. Right. I see. What if they had lungs on the outside of their body? What if they could breathe through their skin? Why would I want that? <laughs> I don't know. Just like another way to stop from choking, right? Or maybe from <laughs> drowning. Maybe they, 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 they I don't know. <laughs> wow. See, I think it's just, you know, for our viewers, we've gotten a little off topic again, but like the possibilities could, could be endless. It's crazy to think about what's going to happen. Probably we're not even being imaginative enough with this. Because right. you know what? What you know? One thing I think we didn't talk about is like how is this going to merge with other technologies too? Like other stuff we've talked about. Like, do you think, in addition to like the the option of genetic modifications, like some kind of biological or like. I don't know, technological enhancements like you've seen in those like movies where a human can be hooked up near the spinal cord area to some system. Like the Matrix, we're describing the Matrix right now. Yeah, or other movies too also have that concept. No, yeah, totally. Like transhumanism, like real and cyborgs, like genetically engineered cyborgs instead. Uh huh. Crazy. It could, it could, yeah, you could, like, I think that's one of the, one of the traits that could be selected for in the future, you know, like, ability to, like, adapt to, to technology more easily. 
mm-hmm. whether it's like physical or like you know, cognitive. Then like, oh, you know what? You've you've probably heard some of the articles where human some humans have uh surgically like added some sort of like wi yeah. Wi Fi onto their body. Yeah, like trans yeah, transhumanist, yeah. yeah. It's like it's, it's crazy. It's like a cyberpunk genre group. Uh, I think there's one yeah, one dude walks around with like a camera almost on and yeah, always with his like computer strapped to his chest. Goddamn. Yeah. Crazy. What about like when like, you know, maybe this should be our next episode is uh, when we have like a super intelligent AI, uh, artificial intelligence, right? And we put it to work on genetic engineering, and we say, "Here, you know, design us the perfect human." Mm-hmm. And, and it has the ability to do that. And they give us Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fuck! We didn't know what we had. <laughs> oh, that, right. And they give us uh, Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> It's cr- it's crazy, right? What what that computer could be. I think there was one, uh, you know, offside in like our Stephen in my Stephen Hawking conversation. I I heard him tell a story, where there's the story about the scientists who create the first super intelligent AI system, right? Uh, and then they the first question they ask the AI is like, "Is there a God?" And the AI responds like, "There is now." Yeah. Did- did, didn't didn't uh, Stephen King quote, quote quote that? Stephen Hawking quote uh, that I think. Yeah, that was I was saying it was from, it was from my conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, right? So like, you know, we 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 have we merge those powers together. It's amazing to think about what what direction it could it could take the humans. Our our fate as a species, in. yeah, there could be another group of. New Luddites. <laughs> yeah. But the Luddites didn't win, man. And they, they're never going to win. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're always just like a page in a history book. Technology always wins. Man. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but, you know, it's like the people pushing behind these technologies that gets it, you know, through, right? At least, yeah. Like, and who are the people pushing behind the technology? It's always just like, is it gonna make me money? Like, with like different standards of doing things, you know what I mean? Like, no, you gotta explain yourself a little more. I guess like, mm, trying to think like with chips, like computer chips, right? There are all these different kind of companies in the beginning that had their own version of like what a computer chip should be designed like. Right. I think there was like a big debate between uh, CISC and like um, RISC chips. Uh, C- uh, CISC, I think, had like just like more complicated functions like mm-hmm. that the chip could perform. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and the RISC architecture for a chip had like fewer instructions that it could perform but it had like some benefits of being i don't know more simpler i don't know to to use something like that Mm -hmm. so like yeah 
that co could have totally changed the way, I guess, what the majority of chips inside our computers now contain. Which one did which one did they eventually settle on? Uh, I think the CISC chips. Yeah. Hmm. So, which, so bringing it back to genetic engineering, I guess, what's what's the analogy you're making here that? You know, eventually we might come up with like a bunch of different people like having different techniques for it, but eventually we're gonna settle on one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just because yeah. it's it's p promoted the most or the most. I don't know. It's a little different, I guess. Like if if something doesn't give results properly, then yeah. Yeah. I think with the 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 chip war thing, it was also a bit of marketing involved, like how it was marketed. I don't know. Right. You'll you'll see. I guess. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see the marketing for uh, for Genia editing in the future, right? Like we'll have billboards down the street that say, like, "Hey, buy my buy my gene packs, and it'll make you it'll make your dick grow six inches overnight or something." <laughs> <laughs> Penis pills of the future are gonna be crazy. Spam in the future is gonna be nuts too. Wait, say that again. Spam in the future is gonna be crazy, right? Like how you get all those emails about what do you think? Spam in the future would be like, wouldn't there be spam filters too? Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, if, but if you ever decided to look into your spam folder, if you ever do that, you just browse to see what what's there. I guess so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That yeah. poor grammar. You know, we're gonna get a lot of advertisements about that stuff about you know genetic enhancements. Enhancements, yeah. <laughs> what do you think the future Nigerian prince scam would be like? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, I have access to several DNA, to several gene codes that will uh, allow you to like attract the love of your life and uh, think like super like Bradley Cooper and Limitless or something. But but, but you need to send I, this through MoneyGram. <laughs> yeah, you need to get me out of prison so I can go to the cryo storage and get them. Hope you guys are prepared for uh, a future with modified humans that are are better than you. Uh, and uh, you know we always like hearing back from our listeners, so yeah, just drop a comment or yeah, yeah, <laughs> like comment, subscribe if you got to this far. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll try. And we'll try to uh, try our best to see if we can answer any of your questions or concerns. Oh yeah, totally, totally. We're looking. We're looking at you, Dewan. <laughs> All right. This is feedback. All right. Thanks for another episode of Future Boys Podcast. We're out.